0: Hockey fans, you know what time it is. It's crunch time. The playoffs are just around the corner, and we're getting set to talk it over with Bernie Federko. It's Pucks with Bernie and Panger. I'm Fox 2 Sports Director Martin Kilquin. We're coming to you on Scoops with DannyMack.com. We'll talk about the return of Joe Quenville. Was there ever a chance he was going to end up back in St. Louis, as the Blues head coach once again? And also dealing with the coronavirus. What is that relationship right now between players and media and how has that evolved? over the years. We're going to get into all of that, the Hockey Conversation, each week presented by Greenville University, Marie de Villa Senior Living, Triad Bank, Fast Eddie's Air, Urban Chestnut Brewery, Cope 24, and B&G Tuck Pointing. Bernie's thoughts on all of these topics, coming up. <music> Winning a Stanley Cup isn't easy, but the Blues are able to do it by having a great foundation. It's pretty simple. When things start falling apart or crumbling, it not only looks bad, it doesn't work. B&G Tuck Pointing has the same philosophy about your home or place of business, it's the reason they are the best in the bricks. Whether it's your home, your garage, your office building, or your chimney, you can have it looking new again with B&G Tuck Pointing. Solid or spot Tuck Pointing, matching the existing mortar, foundation repair, caulking, waterproofing, fully licensed and insured, accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I know firsthand the finished product is great. And the crews, well, they're efficient and they never leave behind a mess. BG Tuckpointing, a family business right down to their name. Named after owner Rich Galati's daughters, Bella and Gabrielle. You can call to set up an estimate at 314 363 0525. That's 314 363 0525. Or go online at bgtuckpointing.com bgtuckpointing.com, find out for yourself why their customers say they are the best in the bricks. Rich and his daughters would like to add one more thing, let's go Blues. I'm here with Renee Howitt. She started up a great organization called COPE24. Their goal is to improve the health of families. Renee, tell us how COPE24 strives to do this. Well, we believe
1: education is going to be the key. So we are promoting the need to make parenting and child development education a priority in all of our high schools, reaching all of our students. You
0: know, it's funny you say high school and curriculum. I think of math, I think of English. COPE24 believes that parenting needs to be one of those core classes taken. Why is that so
1: important? Well, we look at the issues that we have in our society. Child welfare is just overwhelmed with the number of kids that need healthy families. We look at crime, imprisonment, mental health, domestic violence. It just goes on and on. And we know, without a doubt, that we can trace that back to dysfunctional families. So if we want our families to be healthier, we have to create healthier parents.
0: For more information on this great organization, simply go to cope24.com. That's cope24.com, teaching the kids of today to be the better parents of tomorrow. In the current workplace, employers are looking for graduates who are competent, have character, an employee who can see past their own noses. A large company in St. Louis recently told Greenville University, for those reasons, they recruit heavily from Greenville University. The mission that began in 1892 still rings true. Greenville wants to empower students to live a life of character and service. And today, graduates of Greenville University continue to shape the globe in medicine, ministry, education, music, politics, the criminal justice system, and beyond. Students receive hands-on educational experiences guided by caring people who are professors and mentors to them. It's a great education that is convenient, just 45 minutes from St. Louis. In a small, friendly town, it's a great education that also comes in a terrific environment. The Greenville campus has been named the safest campus in the state of Illinois the staff, the faculty, the administration, continue to cultivate students for character and service. Because now, more than ever, the world needs more Greenville University graduates. For more information, go to greenville.edu. And joined by the Hall of Famer, Bernie Federico. And Bernie, sometimes you play pretty well in a game. Panthers beat the Blues 2-1. And this is the hot take world where we're supposed to be mad. But coming out of that game, I thought, you know what? Sometimes you just lose. And you didn't play terrible, but you just lose. And there isn't a whole lot of breakdown that we can do on a game like that.
1: No, there really isn't. I mean, the the whole thing with hockey is that, especially this time of the season, is that everybody is If you're not fighting for a playoff position, you're fighting for your job for next year. Because uh, if you're out of the playoffs already, now, you got to prove to the team that you can still play and you want to still play for that franchise. So yeah, I mean, I thought the Blues played w- well enough to win. Uh, let's just put it that way. we didn't have a lot of sustained pressure, and I think that's kind of what uh, happened there. When you're not scoring goals, usually you're not getting enough people to the front of the net. You're not getting enough shots through, and sometimes you run into a hot goaltender. But I think last night, uh, even when you look at the last two games. Uh, uh, the forwards have not scored a goal yet. There's three goals for the last three goals are from defense, and I think you got to get a little more involved. And uh, If they can do that, they will continue to score goals. But uh, that's a tough one, because um, you know you need to win those games. If you get a back-to-back game, you already beat Chicago, uh, you get a little more breathing room by winning those back-to-back games. But unfortunately, Florida wanted it more, and they were able to win that game.
0: Yeah, and Jordan Bennington said after the game, we're better than that. we got to win a game like that. So here I am saying there's no hard take or hot take, but the goalie himself is saying we got to win a game like that. Is that because they look at Florida and say, "You know what? Standings wise, points wise, we're we're better than they are." No no insult intended, but do they look at the opponent sometimes and say, "That's a that's a team at home we have to beat."
1: Absolutely, and that's, that's what Jordan was saying when he said that. Uh, they are a better team than the Florida Panthers, and when you're at home and where you're playing against a team that really uh, you're supposed to beat, you're supposed to beat them, and if it wasn't for Jordan Biddington, it could have been a lot more than 2-1. to one. I mean, he made a number of really, really big saves, a breakaway, I and mean, we, we had a lot of, the Blues had a lot of uh, times where they had breakdowns in the neutral zone, or in the uh, defensive zone. I mean, I, I think it ended up being like 14 defensive zone turnovers, which is so uncharacteristic for the Blues, but yes, I mean, you have to finish things off, and I think that when you look Look at what happened to the Blues last year winning the Stanley Cup they learned how to finish teams if you're ahead you've got to bury them if you're behind yeah you can come back but once you get uh, that little uh, sense of momentum you've got to really carry through and you've got to win the game uh, so uh, it would be a very disappointing game for loss especially uh, walking into that locker room but uh, when you th- consider that they have 92 points uh, you've got to still relax a little bit and say hey there's still plenty of time left
0: it's interesting the Blues will rattle off a winning streak Colorado rattles off a winning streak Blues lose Colorado loses. I I get the sense it is going down to the wire. Do you think that could be an advantage? Because teams sometimes that clinch early, kind of put it on cruise control before the postseason, sometimes falter early. I don't think there's any chance the Blues are going to have that luxury of just putting it in cruise control. This is going down to the wire.
1: Yeah, you don't want to put things in cruise control too often. I think we saw that with Tampa Bay last year, kind of running through the running the table, and then all of a sudden they get to where they not need to move it up a notch and they can't move it up a notch. So I think this is probably good for the team, a team especially that knows how to win the post games. And with Colorado, they're going through a lot of injuries, and I think that's their problem right now. The Blues are really pretty healthy other than Tarasenko, who should come back probably the next week or so. But, yeah, I mean, that last game when we looked at the beginning of the year we said what Colorado's a really good team the Blues are a good team maybe that last game in Denver is going to really mean something I wouldn't be surprised if we go down to the last Saturday of the season and it could mean who's going to be in first place in the Central Division first overall maybe even the West
0: and right now as it sits it's going to change but you have five teams out of the eight in the West are from the Central Division and that doesn't include Nashville who's been a perennial contender I don't think people can appreciate just how loaded this particular division is. And to sit on top and to be able to stay on top for a sustained period, it's pretty impressive. It doesn't mean anything until you do it in the playoffs, but that's a rugged division to sort of be
1: controlling this year. The Central Division has been kind of one of the best divisions over the course of the last few years now. And, uh, yes, I mean, Nashville still should be in the mix. I mean, Winnipeg's in the mix right now. So, uh, yes, when you consider the Blues have got the best record in the uh, Central Division, uh, that really is why where they're at. Uh, and uh, I've always said every time I've uh, you know, got my two cents in is that you have to play well against your own division. I mean, if you get through your division, and especially now that they've changed things now, I mean, it's the, you know, the, the fourth seed or the eighth seed, whatever you want to look at, is kind of, could come from the other division. So if you take care of your, your business in your own division, uh, when you get to the playoffs, if you can finish first in your division, then you don't really have to worry much about what's going to happen because you're going to kind of breeze through. You're going to get the worst team in the West and not worry about maybe getting the worst team in the Central. So uh, that's where the Blues have put themselves in that position, and hopefully they can keep it up for the last uh, 12 games of the year.
0: Fun to see Joel Quindle back in the building. It's weird because he was in St. Louis so long, but I look at him, and I still I think Blackhawks now when I see him, because he won so many Cups in Chicago, I think he's able to really be honest and say good for St. Louis. Like Had he not had that success in Chicago, it might be hard to look at the Cup in St. Louis and say, boy, I wish I had done that. But I know Andy Strickland talked to him on the TV side. And I genuinely feel like Q is happy for our town. And I think if you don't go and win somewhere else, maybe you feel like, oh, that should have been me. But I, he seems at ease with I think he's genuine in saying good for St. Louis.
1: Yeah, he really hated it when he when he was fired here. I mean, he wanted to stay here. He wanted to, to, to win a cup here in St. Louis. He loved St. Louis. His family loves St. Louis. And when you consider we won the uh, the President's uh, Trophy back in 2000, I mean, that was the year that he expected that, that we should have won it all. But um, when you look at what he's done, yes, he's a Chicago Blackhawks guy right now because of the three cups he won there. But uh, I, I, I really believe that if... Things would have maybe went south and the Blues did not win the cup uh, last year that there would have been a possibility that Joel would have been able to come back. I mean, I think uh, everybody wanted Joel. I mean, everybody that watched Joel coach here in St. Louis, all the players that played for him, too, would love to have him come back. But I think that uh, with the situation he's in right now, yeah, I think he was very, very excited uh, for the Blues. I mean, I talked to him uh, after he won the third cup. I uh, congratulate him, and he said, hey, it's, your guys' time is coming. I mean, if the Blues are that good, he says they're going to win that cup sooner than later. And he was absolutely right. So he knows his hockey, and I think Florida did a really, really good thing to hiring him. He's bringing some, a winning atmosphere to the team. I mean, he's, what, 925 wins now, I think, with the win last night, and uh, only Scotty Bowman is more. And I think uh, you don't have to say much more when you're second to Scotty Bowman. That's pretty impressive.
0: It is funny how history plays out. Craig Berube comes along, takes over for Mike Yo, and we said, well, this Ruby guy, we'll see what he can do. And all of a sudden, they take off, they win the cup. But you're right, there was a period there. I was probably on the radio saying it day after day, like, let's get Quenville over to Obi Clark's, let's get the deal done. You think Army will ever tell us the real story about whether they talked? Or I mean, he had to at least been on the radar because he's, he was a free agent, essentially, at a time when we weren't sure who the Blues' future head coach would be.
1: Yeah, I don't know if there was a discussion. I know that from uh, talking to, to different people, Joel was very interested in the job in the right situation. But, um, you know, he, I think he was really disappointed when he got fired. And, and there was a lot of things that went on in, in uh, Chicago that, uh, that are behind the scenes that I'm sure that we don't know about. I mean, and some of the guys that got traded... Uh, Joel was not happy uh, with the way things were going and, uh, uh, and, and you know I never have under, been able to understand when a general manager and a coach don't uh, talk things about and see see what you need and uh, you don't just as a GM just decide what your team is going to be like and then don't even consult with your coach and I think there was a lot of that was probably going on uh, in Chicago and that's kind of one of the reasons that Joel got fired. I don't think he was that disappointed that he had to go but uh, you know and no one wants to ever get fired. I think it was good for him to spend a little time outside of hockey, he didn't have to show up at the rink every day and I think it was probably good for him and his family. but when the situation came up uh, for Florida, I mean that, that's pretty good. He likes horses, he, he likes warm weather, he likes to smoke a cigar all that is good and uh, uh, but I think if, if he could have had the opportunity to come back to St. Louis and uh, I think he would have certainly jumped on it and, and I would hope to think that the uh, Army would have been thinking about him because um, hey. We just said it. He's the second most wins as a coach in the National Hockey League history, so I'm sure that Army would have had some interest in him.
0: And Certainly the, the legend of Coach Q in Chicago grew after he's fired. He's doing shots outside a Bears game at Soldier Field, so they'll love him forever. It's further proof. Anybody can be fired. He won three cups in Chicago and ends up fired, but Coach Q, it was great to have him back in town. It's Pox with Bernie and Panger right here on scoopswithdannymack.com. Our visit's presented by Fast Eddie's Air. You've heard all about it up there in Alton Illinois. Illinois. Illinois, if you haven't been, what are you waiting for? And if you haven't been in a while, you need to get back because it's a mood changer. You hear our visits with Eddie. He's always in a good mood. You've heard Brett talking about it, Brett Hull. You go into Fast Eddie's, if you're in a bad mood, you're going to leave in a good mood. Open seven days a week. It's 11 a.m. Doors open on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The rest of the days, they open at 1, and there are people lined up. The grill's already fired up. Get the Fat Eddie Burger, Half Pound Burger. Live music, seven days a week. It's always a good time. At Fast Eddie's, really not that far to get to. Make it a destination. Maybe it's a bachelorette party or a bachelor party. Got the whole bus. They got a huge parking lot. They can accommodate. They're used to that. Birthday parties. Very rare that you just see a small group in there. People roll in, maybe a group from work. Always a good time. At Fast Eddie's, Bon air. the tradition continues in Alton, Illinois. Our hockey visits are brought to you by Triad Bank, neighborhood-friendly bank folks who are happy to see you walk in. Doesn't it stink when you go to a bank and they're sort of rude when you walk in there? It's your money. You would think they could be a little bit friendlier. They're always friendly, happy to help at Triad Bank. They're located on Clayton Road. It's about a block west of Lindbergh. Real easy to get to from Highway 40. You get off the 64-40 exit there at Lindbergh. And uh, just going a little bit west on Clayton Road, you'll find Triad Bank, based in St. Louis since 2005. So if you're looking to get something done here in town, ask for Jim Regna or anybody on the team there. I guarantee they'll be happy to see you. I like to go in there. I just steal the pens sometimes. They've got great pens. How many banks can tell you that? They've got a great pen. But beyond that great service, it's triadbanking.com. Also presented by Urban Chestnut. You know about their location in the Grove. They've really become the anchor. To all the activity in the Grove, Urban Chestnut, great St. Louis success story. Think about it with all the beers that are popular. I really love the Zwickle, and now I've gotten hooked on the Urban Underdog. Whatever taste you have, they've got a beer for you. Urban Chestnut, not just the locations in town, but also in your neighborhood grocery store. You can pick it up, make Urban Chestnut part of your Blues Viewing Fun. Grab a beer there. We've mentioned before, you can get Urban Chestnut at the Zoo. They're all over St. Louis, but make sure you grab them and have them at home as you're sitting back and watching some blues hockey. Also, Marie De Villa Senior Living. maritavilla.com is the website. We suggest you set up a tour. Check out the villas, some of the assisted living. We've talked about Red Shade Needs for years, being a, not just a long-time resident there, but one of the people who helped get that started and uh, was part of the ownership group. But right now, Fred and Mary Kay Weezahan, just festive, fun people. You see the fountain when you drive by. Clayton Road right at the intersection near Queenie Park. It's Clayton and Weidman. During the Cardinal playoff runs, you see the red fountains. During the blues run, you see the blue fountain going outside. Always a huge Christmas tree. They're just fun, festive people. And a really great place for your senior years. Set up that appointment at mariedevilla.com. Bernie, big story right now. Internationally is the coronavirus. Now the sports world trying to react NHL, Major League Baseball, NBA, MLS, all with new rules in terms of media access. And I'm just, it got me thinking about the old days and media sort of relationship, how maybe it's changed over the years, maybe the trust factor. I'm guessing when you played, you know, the guys are sitting there, you'd tell them just about anything and now you're like, wait a minute, I'm going to get, that's going to be on Twitter in two minutes. And how much do you think the dynamic has changed between player and media?
1: Oh, I think it's it's huge difference now. I mean, uh, you really, the media in our day was that was all you had. I mean, you had the guys coming in with the cameras or the radio and the uh, newspaper, probably more than anything else, because there was not a lot of coverage with the TV and and the radio. I mean, it was just one station, Camel X covered us. No one really even cared what we were doing at all. But um, uh, today, now uh, you've got to be so careful. The players got to be so careful. The organization's got to be careful. About what they say, how they say it. I mean, I think our world is totally different. Uh, all the things that go on and. Uh, with social media it's almost kind of scary for the for the guys to to uh, uh, control what they need to be put out there and and because you, you never want to be on the on the bad end of, of something that's maybe even good uh, saying something uh, in in the heat of battle you're not allowed to do that anymore and uh, everything's just changing the guys understand that and and I think the league understands that so um, uh, what's going on now with the coronavirus virus the most important thing is I think uh, uh, to keep the guys safe to keep the fans safe because this is uh, something that is spreading uh, like wildfire all over the world, and uh, if they could put a control on it or some at least help slow it down, I think that's the most important thing right now. And, and really the safety or the, the health of the players, I think they're, they're really, really looking for too. You pay these guys a lot of money, and uh, now with playoffs coming up, if you lose someone for uh, a few days or a couple of weeks, it could really hurt your hockey club as well.
0: Some guys seek the spotlight. Somebody, they build their own brand too. A lot of guys use the media to kind of get the word out. I just wonder on the whole, though, even when you were playing – can it be like, oh, we just lost a terrible, here they come. I mean, there has to be, I feel that way sometimes walking in, like especially like a playoff loss. I'm sure the Petros of the world are like,
1: oh, here we go. What am I going to say? I mean, there has to be a little bit of angst sometimes, especially after a bitter loss. Well, you know, you only have certain guys that are going to answer in a loss. Those are the guys that I think the press knows, through You're going to get a, an honest statement, or you're going to get a, a statement that from a guy that, hey, he's just, he knows, he understands what's going on, and uh, he's one of the leaders on the hockey club. He has to say that, yeah, but I'm sure he, deep down, is saying, oh, no, here I have to go again, but um, uh, it's the good and the bad come with the game, and you, you have to really be answered, have to answer to the, to the bad things as much as, as the good things, but, I mean, you can really virtually go to anybody after you win a game, or if a guy has a good game and talk to him, it's- it's the, it's the guys that you want to go to that are honest when, when things are not going well. And uh, I think there's a lot of those guys on each and every team right now. But, um, you know, I don't think anybody really wants to be in the spotlight. Uh, I think that uh, everybody understands that as a professional athlete, as a part of a team, when... when You're asked a question, you have to, to the best of your ability, answer it. And uh, I think that the press guys know (laughs) which guys that they are not going to get a good answer with so they don't go to. So it's kind of every team has, has got one or two of the guys that you really can always rely on.
0: Yeah, I had a spring training conversation once off camera with Mark McGuire. It was in his heyday, and I said, you know, what's a good rule of thumb so we don't drive you crazy, so you don't hate us? Like, how do we... How do we make this work? We had an actual honest conversation. This is years ago. And I said, because, I said, I don't care if you don't talk to me. Like, I, it doesn't hurt my feelings. I said, but there's 50,000 people there who wouldn't mind hearing what you thought about that home run or about, you know, the tough loss or whatever. So I said, I look at it as, and I tried to explain it. I said, you're not really talking to me. You're talking to people that are watching. Same with the radio and the newspaper. And I do think there's great value in that. So as I joke about feeling awkward walking in, it's a job that the fans sort of, not require, but really
1: look forward to. I agree with you a hundred percent. Is because even with me on TV now, is that I know the answer of probably every question that is being asked, but they don't want to hear it from me. <laughs> they want to hear it from the athlete that really is going through it at the time. And uh, that was a really good question for you to ask because they are. I mean. No matter what people say, is that you know what? Oh, a lot of the guys will say, "Well, we don't care about the fans uh, because we're you know they're going to watch it on TV. They don't need to come." Well, no, <laughs> you got to have the answer because you're playing for the fans right now. You're not playing for the the dollar that you're making or the salary you're playing because. If you didn't have the fans, you wouldn't have a salary at all. So you always have to answer the fans, and I think the guys, for the most part, understand that. I mean, guys get sour like everything else, and uh, you have to you have to know and, and recognize as as I guess as as a as a part of the media as I am now is that uh, sometimes you can remember your old days where you say, hey, well, I don't really want to talk to uh, someone after uh, have a big turnover or I screwed up or I did something, and you know, I know I don't need to come back to the bench and have the coach tell me, and now I don't need the reporter come up to me and say hey what, what happened on that play I, I already know i screwed up so i mean you know, how many times do i have to tell you that so it's one of those things so but it's still you you need to hear it from the from the athlete itself and, I, and there's nothing wrong with that you have to be responsible for your actions
0: yeah, and the post game on monday i learned something because jordan bennington the second goal that florida got which was the game-winning goal they looked like there was content he said i got hit in the back of the head with the crossbar whatever he said i'm not sure what was behind the play it ended up it was vince dunn getting run into by a panther And I listened on the post game on Foxman West. I said, okay, I wondered if it affected him, and I think it clearly did. There's a lot of time there's an answer there, and as a
1: fan or somebody who even covers the team, like, okay, that was helpful, you know, so there is that role. And it was bad luck there, it really was bad luck, because that net could have very easily popped off because I mean it it actually you know tilted forward and actually hit Jordan Bennington in the back of the head there and if he wouldn't have there's no way that Jordan wouldn't be able to poke check that puck there on the left side of the net and then the guy I mean the guy made a really good play the the Florida Panther that that was able to get by and kind of squeezed Vince Dunn off the back of the net made a great play and then you know Jordan had no chance on it but uh, yeah those are little things that and he even said it in the press conference, he said he'd like to see it again because he's not exactly sure what happened. But that's exactly what happened, and he really had no chance. And he always made the save, too, uh, but he really should have had no chance on it.
0: How about an NHL thought? Alexander Ovechkin, again, closing in on a 50-goal season. He is 34. Wayne Gretzky has said, I hope he does it. I hope he catches my record. Still got some work to do. I think it's 7.06 for Ovechkin, 8.94 for Gretzky. That's a lot of goals. Do you have a gut as to whether Alex can get it done? And I think it's Gretzky who said, I think it would be good for the game. Selfishly, I would say, I don't know, I kind of want Gretzky to hold on to it, but do you think he
1: can do it? Well, when you look statistically, you know. Um I think it's gonna be very difficult uh you know he gets 50 goals every year but uh, i think historically you know that once you hit 34 35 it, you, your 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 skill level comes down a little bit um obviously he's a great athlete uh, ovechkin uh he shoots the puck as good as anybody's ever shot the puck in, in, the, in the national hockey league but um you know what realistically how long is he going to play if he's going to play another five or six years uh, can he get around 35 to 40 goals a year certainly it's possible But I. You know what the demand that goes on now in the game of hockey now. He's always watched. Uh, I just I think it's going to be very difficult for him to get that. I think he might get close, but I think it would be very difficult for 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 him to beat Maine's record.
0: Another coffee shop edition of Pucks with Bernie and Panger. The Hall of Famer, Bernie
1: Federico. Bernie, have a great week. Thanks, Martin. I'll <laughs> with you.
0: Playoffs will be here before you know it. Next week, it's a conversation with Darren Pang. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Google, iTunes, you name it. Get it downloaded directly each week. Just get a subscription going. Check out all the great content at scoopswithdannymack.com. A lot of great Cardinal conversation going on. Dan has been all over spring training. A lot of great content there. Check it out. Online. The hockey conversations each week brought to you by our great sponsors, Fast Eddies Bon Air, Urban Chestnut Brewery, Triad Bank, Greenville University, Marie de Villa Senior Living, Cope 24, and B and G Tuck Pointing. I'm Fox 2 Sports Director Martin Kilkin. we'll talk hockey again soon right here on Scoops with Danny Mac.com. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app.